Welcome everyone back to Maps Outsider Broadcast uh, podcast, not broadcast, podcast. Um, with your host Dustin, we're going over the um, the what's going on in the NBA. Let me turn off my fan. What's going on in the NBA uh, today and the Mavericks as well. Um, so we'll go ahead and start off with. I guess just some kind of Mavericks news and rumors you kind of hear. Um, one of them being that uh, I guess Dallas is interested in Kyle Lowry. Um, the rumor, uh, you know, I, you know, I do like Kyle Lowry, but I just don't think. I just don't think Kyle Lowry is going to give us what, or give the Mavs what they need to, to, you know, beat a team like Utah or the Clippers or the Sun. You know, the Suns, they may look different next year, obviously, because um, who knows what Chris Paul's going to do. But, um, you know, I just, for me, for me, it's like, I don't know. I for the money, I feel like Kyle Lowry's gonna want. I, I think you should go after more of a guy like Demar Derozan, and, I, and I've said it in the past. I think, I think Demar Derozan should be their um, first, um, the first guy they go after. You know, I for me, he fits this team as well as anyone. I, I think his ability to handle the ball, you know, he doesn't have to handle the ball, but he can handle the ball. His ability to create his own shot, um, his ability to score, and I know he's not a good shooter, but I really don't care about that because I feel like that's all we have, and it'd be nice to have a guy out there who can go get two points when you need a basket instead of launching a three-pointer. Because I feel like when we when the Mavs need a basket, you know, somebody's just launching a three pointer, and it's like, well, no, go to the basket, get two. You know, it's like let's stop this run that someone's got on you, and let's get two points. But the Mavericks, they just that's all they know how to do, kind of, is launch three pointers. And I just it'd be nice to see some something different. And like I said, DeRozan can get his own basket um now i know i'm getting a little in and a little early of free agent talk and obviously i'll do more after the season i just you know like to go over the the kind of rumors going around the mavs and and stuff like that i just um you know when i when i see a name come up especially like kyle lowry i just you know it makes me i, I want to obviously talk about it but i don't know i just like i said i i think kyle lowry would be even I, I think Kyle Lowry would probably even rather play in Miami to begin with. So, you know, I, I just, I, I don't, you know, so I, that's probably something I don't have to worry about. I, I, I do feel like the Mavs have a chance at, like, DeRozan. And, um, you know, if you could find a way to put bring in Miles Turner and DeMar DeRozan, I, I think that's an upgrade, even if it's at the loss of Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway's going to want $20 million a year, and I, I just don't know if I want to pay that, you know. And I know it's not my money, and I act like it is, but um, 
you know, I, I like Tim Hardaway, I do, but, you know, in those games against the Clippers that they won, he was so good, but in the games that they lost, he was so bad. And I just, I think, in my opinion, if you're going to spend $20 million on a guy, he's got to at least show consistency every night, whether, you know, because I, I think Bogdanovich was signed at 18, you know, and it's like, I, I just, I, I feel like even DeRozan, you know, DeRozan will never go one for 12 on three-pointers, never. He just won't because he doesn't shoot three-pointers at that rate. And he still has the ability to average 25 a game. And I, I think if you have a backcourt of Luka and DeRozan, I, to me, the sky's the limit. I just, you know, I know I kind of, over, I don't know if I'm overplaying it or over-exaggerating it. I just, you know, when I, when I look around at guys that are available that I think would fit this team, I just think DeRozan is, is one of those guys. I, I think Miles Turner could fit the team. Um, I, I don't know what his contract status is. I don't know what um, Indiana, if they, if they trade or, I mean, if, if Indiana traded, obviously we'd, we'd have to do that trade before the, uh, before the draft because I think you could trade. I could be wrong about this and maybe, you know, somebody's screaming at their you know, phone, but I think if the Mavs wanted to trade Tim Hardaway for Miles Turner prior to the draft, they could. Um, I, I think I, I could be wrong, but I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong about that, so don't quote me on that. But you know, if if they could definitely trade him on draft night, maybe I, I don't know. I'm I'm real fuzzy on that kind of stuff, but. Uh, if Dallas were to get a Miles Turner, um, obviously they, I think they would have to trade him because I think he's still under contract. And you could obviously get a third team involved if, if that were the case. Um, Dallas doesn't really have anything else to trade. Um, so unless, you know, somebody like Richardson opts in and you want to keep Tim Hardaway, uh, you know, that that's obviously possible because you could make a three-way deal a three-team deal where, you know, you're sending Richardson somewhere and you put bring some teams involved and you get back Miles Turner. Um, I don't know, maybe another name that I hear is brought up is Al Horford. I think to get Al Horford, you would have to send out Porzingis. And I, I like how Al Horford, but Al Horford is an old man. He's not the same Al Horford that he was five years ago he would be an upgrade in some areas over Porzingis but not in a way that like if I'm paying both of them the same amount I would rather have Porzingis I'm just saying that right now because I I just one thing that one advantage Porzingis has now is that this is the first offseason in I don't know how long Two years, three years. This is the first off season. Actually, I think it's been three or four that this is the first off season Porzingis has gone into where he's not injured. Porzingis isn't injured. Porzingis can go into this off season and concentrate on you know working on his body, and that's something he can do to help protect himself from injuries. 
Um, you know, as much as we complain about Porzingis being out this season, I don't think the games he was out affected Dallas too much. Um, the beginning of the year was obviously rough without him, but I think that was a lot of that had to do with Powell getting a lot of minutes with trying to come off his injury. You know, the minute they benched Powell, the team improved. And then when the COVID happened with this team, the COVID issue, um, obviously that was a big, uh, a big turn of events for the Mavs. And so they went like a month of just bad basketball. So Porzingis' injuries throughout the season really didn't hurt him. He was there for the playoffs. Unfortunately, I, I just don't think the Mavs coaching staff put together a good enough game plan. I really don't think they did. I, I thought the coaching staff did a really poor job. I thought they tried something that they really didn't need to try. I, I thought they went into this I thought they went into this playoffs thinking that the Clippers were better and that we had to pull off some sort of gimmick to win the series. And I just didn't think that was the case. I The Clippers may have been a better team, but I didn't think it was like, oh, the Clippers are way better. And I, I think they pulled off a, tried to pull out this gimmick to win a series when it wasn't necessary. You know, when you're a good team, you don't need gimmicks. And I thought that, you know, that's what I used to complain about with, uh, I don't know, it's getting way off subject, but, you know, American football with the Dallas Cowboys, obviously I'm a, Dallas Cowboys fan, you know, living here in the area, and when they had their coach, they had this coach for so long, Jason Garrett, and he'd run these gimmick plays, and it was like, stop running the gimmick plays, you're better than the other team, just run your plays and you'll beat them, and it was so frustrating to see, you know, it's so frustrating to see gimmicks when you're just as good, if not better, and it's like, I thought the coaching staff went into this series thinking the Clippers were better and I just I, I felt like if they would have gone into this series with the attitude that they were better you know they would have put in the lineup of Powell and Porzingis like they you know started the year last year when it had such success the way they ended the year this year and it had such success and I just thought it was a, a mistake on the coaching part so you know I, I think you know, when you're going into free agency, you don't necessarily have to get rid of Porzingis. I just think you have to protect Porzingis. And I think a player like Miles Turner could protect Porzingis. You know, I think a guy like uh, Randall could protect Porzingis. Now, Randall, I don't think will be available. I, I think he's got a team option. I don't think he's got a player option. So, again, that's another thing I'm fuzzy on. And I before I do the free agency pod that uh, I plan on doing when the season ends, I'll do a little better research about that. But right now, you know, with the season still going on, I, I don't really, I haven't really looked into any of that. So, you know, I but I do think a guy, you know, like Miles, even an Enos Cantor, as bad as he is on defense, he's still able to protect Porzingis from the bodying down low that you have to do as a five. And I, I just think a player like that could help. Like I said, I, I think I think Indiana would love to get off Miles Turner. And I think Miles Turner could fit this team. And I, I don't believe in the narrative that guys like that are unplayable. I think Utah does just fine with Rudy Gobert. And I'm not saying Miles Turner is as good as Rudy Gobert, but Rudy Gobert is not jump shooting from anywhere on the court. And he still finds a way to be effective. So I'm just not buying that. You can't play guys. So and I think Miles Turner can hit jump shots for that matter. 
And Miles Turner can shoot. Now, one thing Miles Turner has had is injury problems lately. So maybe that's something to look forward to. I don't know. Like I said, if if my realistic offseason, kind of a preview, my realistic free agent trade, whatever, is a DeRozan Miles Turner, I think, you know, and maybe that changes from the time I do a po- a pro- a off-season pod and stuff like that, a free agency pod, so but we'll get into that later. Um, as far as things going around, uh, playoff games on the NBA, there was only one game yesterday. It was the Clippers and the Jazz, and the Clippers handily beat them. Um, the Clippers had to win. There was They could not lose this game, and I felt like it was game three of the Mavs. Uh, Clippers game. The Clippers had to win that Mavs game um, in that first round, that game three. There was no way they could go into game four being down 3-0. And especially against Utah. Now against Dallas, that might might have been a different story, but against Utah, they couldn't. And I just, you know, I, I expected the Clippers to win. Uh, I still think Utah can win that series. Now, apparently, um, I I think, I don't know if Conley is going to be back in time for game four or not. Conley's a big deal out there. I, you know, I, I don't know the status of some of the guys for Utah. So I, I think if Utah can stay healthy, Utah can win. Um, it would be interesting to see the Clippers come back again and win a series like that, but we'll see. Um, there's two games today. I'm doing this on a Sunday, um, Sunday morning. There's two games today. One's Brooklyn and Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee won the last game in a very low-scoring game. Um, I didn't get to see a lot of the game. Um, I had family in town, and so I missed the most of it. I did catch the last five minutes or so. And, you know, some people were saying that it looked, and I don't know if this is true or not, but some people did say it looked as if the Bucks got a little bit of help. Not like obvious help, but it looked like they got a little bit of help. Um, and Joe Harris obviously shot pretty poorly. I honestly think the Nets are going to come out and win this game four and just finish it off in five. Um, you know, I feel bad for the Bucks because the Bucks are a good team and they just, I, I think they've just run into this buzzsaw of the Nets. I, I, I don't think that, I think the Nets go to the finals, but I don't know what's going to happen in the finals. It, it'll be interesting to see. I think the Nets coaching is fantastic. Steve Nash has just done a fantastic job. And he just knows, I feel like he knows every, everything to do properly. He knows every correct player to be on the court. You know, the offense they run, they do run a lot of isolation basketball. But when you have two fantastic isolation players, that's just what you do. Joe Harris is good enough to stand in the corner and shoot and score 20 one of the best shooters in the league right now. You know, Blake Griffin just cuts to the basket at the right time. He knows what he's doing. He he knows his limitations. And 
he knows how to get open under the basket. And just it's just a combination of a lot of things. So I think the Nets win that. Um, the other game today is the Suns and the Nuggets. I do believe the Suns kind of finish them off today. I, I don't think that... Um, I, I just don't think Denver has the necessary players. I think they've really missed Jamal Murray and his scoring. Aaron Gordon, he's just not... He, he just can't be your third best player. Aaron Gordon is your fourth best player is a good deal. Aaron Gordon is your third best player. Especially up against a team like the Suns who seem to have figured it out. I, you know, I, I, Devin Booker has played fantastic. Um, Aiton is another guy who's just come out and played really good. I, I, I do think it's beneficial for Aiton to have Chris Paul as a teammate. You know, he's kind of learning how to play his position the right way. And it's it's paying off. It shows. And I just think the Suns are firing on all cylinders right now. And it'll be very interesting to see the Suns in the Western Conference Finals. Um, it could really help them if they finish the Nuggets off. And it could allow for Chris Paul to get healthy. You know, I know he's had that shoulder thing. But, I mean, imagine having a week off. And him allowing himself to, you know, heal from his injury and any other guy that may be, you know, banged up. You know, because the, the Clippers and the Jazz don't play till tomorrow. And if the Clippers win, I mean, you still got at least two more games. So if the Suns could finish off the Nuggets, that would really help them out as far as, you know, waiting for the next series. And I really do think the Suns... I, I bet you the Suns are thinking about that. They're like, if we take care of the Nuggets tonight, we can have a week off. Because I'd be willing to bet that series wouldn't start till minimal Saturday. You know, because I figure if the Clippers in Utah play Tuesday and Thursday, or Monday, sorry, Monday and Wednesday, they would start game one on Saturday. But if it goes to seven, it'll be Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Even they might even push it to Saturday for a game seven of a Clippers Utah game. So it could be Monday before, you know, this game this series even started, the Western Conference Finals. So if the Suns could take care of business tonight, they would really put themselves in a good position. Um, and I think they will. I think they're just really good. They're just playing really good basketball right now. Everybody knows their role. Um, and it's just worked. And the other series is Sixers-Hawks. After game one, I wasn't sure how that series was going to go. I just thought the Hawks were going to just be too talented for the Sixers. And I, I'll give it to Philadelphia. They adjusted, and they won two games in a row. So tomorrow night, it'll be interesting to see game four. You know, the Sixers took back home court advantage. I feel like they know what they're doing now when it comes to guarding, like, Trey Young. Um, and I, I just think they kind of put themselves in back in the position to you know win the series and uh, face off against who I think will be Brooklyn in the Eastern Conference Finals. So the still only two one, so the Hawks could win tonight. And it could go to two two. So um, 
this is another series that, you know, if, if, uh, if Brooklyn could put an end to the, their series quickly, you know, if, if Atlanta is able to drag that series out, it might give James Harden time to, you know, get healthy for the Eastern Conference Finals, and that would be really interesting to see. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I, I feel like the Nets are probably win the finals. If I had to guess right now, I feel like the Nets are going to win the finals. But you never know. There's injuries and stuff like that. There's still a long way till the finals even start. So it's just the way the way I see some of these teams playing. The Nets are just firing on all cylinders. And if James Harden never does find a way to come back, I just I just don't know how you're going to stop them. So, but you know, crazier things have happened. You know, like the 4 finals with Detroit and L.A., you know, and nobody gave Dallas a chance in, in 2011. You know, nobody thought Dallas was going to win that. Even though, you know, back then, I, I know it's the, yesterday I believe was the uh, 10th year anniversary of the uh, them winning the finals. Um, I don't know, you know, how many listeners, listeners remember that, but... Uh, a lot of people don't know that the Mavericks halfway through the year, not quite, maybe not quite halfway through the year, but through the first 30 games, the Mavericks had the best record in the league. Um, the Mavericks were a very good team. Um, I actually went to the Mavs' first game, or the Mavs' home game, against the Heat during the regular season. I was able to get tickets. I, I worked with a guy who used to get Mavs tickets from um, the the owner of the company, and he knew I was a Mavs fan, and he wasn't a Mavs fan, but he knew I was, and he knew I'd be excited to see a game like the Mavs Heat. You know, it was their it was the first matchup, the it was the home game. I, I don't remember. It was early in the season. I do know that, and you know, Karan Butler was still out there playing, and. The Mavs just had a complete team, and the Mavs just dominated the Heat. And you know, watching that game, I was—I I think that game just kind of showed even the Mavs. You know, Mavs probably went back and looked at that game as like, you know, we could beat this team. We've beat them before. You know, obviously the finals and a regular season game are two different things, but the way the Mavs dominated the Heat in that game. Um, now they were down. Obviously, Crom uh, Butler didn't play in the finals, but. You know, the, the Mavs were, they were the best team in the league to start that season. And they had Dirk and Butler go down with injuries. And they went on like a 10-game losing streak. And so that's why they ended up, I think, as the three seed. I, I can't remember. Because they did have to play. Um, they did have to. Because I know one seed was San Antonio because that was the year San Antonio lost to the eighth-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in, uh, in the first round. And I believe the second seed was maybe the Lakers. Yes, because the Lakers had home court advantage over the Mavs. And I think the third seed was Dallas. And so Memphis and Oklahoma City played in the second round. And Memphis and OKC always had, back then, always had very fun series. And then OKC won their series and Dallas won their series against LA, and that's why they played in the Western Conference Finals. But uh, 
yeah, Dallas was the best team to start that season. It was. I, I really wish you know going back, uh, you know, talking about the Mavs team, twenty eleven Mavs team. I really wish that Cuban wouldn't have torn that team down. I, I you know, back then he thought his thinking was because they had a, a strike in that off season or a lockout or something in that after the after that season, and after they after they put together a collective bargaining bargaining agreement. You know, Mark Cuban was like, why why should I give um a guy like Tyson Chandler all that money? I won't be able to build a team. And it's like, yeah, you will, you know? And he thought he was outsmarting all these other owners by trying to put together these one-year deals and no none of these players want one-year deals. They want they want the three and four-year, five-year deals. Because if they get hurt, they want to know that they can still get paid. And so I really would have loved to seen Cuban bring that team back. You know, Chandler won the Defensive Player of the Year the very next year in New York. Um, I think Dallas could have made another playoff run, especially because I think Karan Butler, I, I would have liked to seen even Karan Butler back. Um, I know he was coming off that uh, knee injury, but I think he would have been just fine. I think he would have fit back in where he was to begin with. And I think the Mavs could have competed that season for not necessarily a title, but they would have made it difficult on Oklahoma City, who eventually became the, the Western Conference's uh, representative in the finals that year. The OKC did lose in the finals, but I think Dallas could have competed against OKC that year with that team brought back, you know, those main guys, obviously with, you know, Chandler and, um, kid and Terry and Dirk and like I said, Karan Butler, JJ Barea. And I just, you know, I just, it's one of those, it was the, it's the start of huge mistakes by, you know, Dallas, their front office, including Mark Cuban, you know, ever since then they've been saving their money. You know, they they did take a chance on Chandler or Chandler uh, Chandler Parsons, and I was okay with that because um, you just didn't know. You know, you saw a guy who was kind of this up and coming player with Houston, and he was a good shooter. He could handle the ball, and I was okay taking a chance on him. Obviously, it didn't work out. It was the smart thing to do to let him go. <laughs> And, you know, he got a ton of money from Memphis and never played. And then uh, Harrison Barnes was the the one after Chandler Parsons. I was fine with taking a chance on Harrison Barnes. Um, To me, you know, that was another guy who had been in this league a few years. He had won a championship in Golden State. And it was a guy you could say, you know, here's a team. Do what you can. You know, we're putting you next to Dirk, and, you know, let's see how good you can be, you know, being kind of the main player, because Dirk was at the end of his career, and obviously Harrison Barnes wasn't that guy. Harrison Barnes is a good player, but he can't be your best player. As a matter of fact, I, in my opinion, I don't think Barnes was ever their best player. Um, I thought Dirk was their best player up until Luka's rookie year, and then Luka's rookie year, I thought Luka was their best player. You know, Barnes was a nice secondary player, but his averages went down every year he was with the Mavs, his scoring average. 
you know, I know they drafted Dennis Smith Jr. And Dennis Smith averaged 15 points or so a game and took away some scoring from Barnes. But I just felt like if you're paid like Barnes was played, you should be averaging, you know, 22 to 25 points a game. That's just the way I felt about it. And he didn't. And he's still paid like like that. And I, I just don't understand that. But uh, anyhow, I guess I'm going to end the pod there. I... Uh, I'll come back in a few days and, you know, do another pod about, uh, you know, what's going on around the NBA with the playoffs and also what's, uh, you know, any kind of Mavs rumors that are out there. Um, You know, I look around and see what they are and I, you know, take note of, you know, who's rumored to be on their team, but, uh, or who's rumored they're, they're to be interested in, I should say. And so we'll do that in a few days but um, until then if you'd like to follow me on Twitter I'm at the Mavs Outsider and if you could rate review the podcast wherever it is you get your podcasts and until next time we'll see you later <laughs>